Hey everyone, welcome to Mobilizing Change. This is week three in which we are talking about tactics. But first, I want to do a little review of our problem versus issue. And I told you all I would keep coming back to this because it's going to be something that we keep struggling with throughout the course. Remember, in organizing, a problem is different than an issue. Colloquially, in the real world, we use these terms interchangeably, right? The problem might be, for example, that there's a bee's nest under your house, and you might also say that your issue is that there's a bee's nest under your house. However, in organizing, a problem and an issue are two totally different things. Your problem is the problem, the bee's nest, and your issue is your full or partial solution to that problem. Remember, issue equals full or partial solution. It's not a tactic, it's not a plan, it's not a strategy, it's not the problem. It is the full and partial solution. That's why it's called an issue campaign, because you're campaigning to achieve that issue so that you can fully or partially solve the problem. For example, in the bee's nest example, your problem might be that you have a bee's nest underneath your house. Your solution might be calling a bee relocator who comes and puts all the bees into a different location, right? And that would be your issue. But I'm seeing a lot of conversations that are focused more on tactics to the detriment of actually sussing out that full or partial solution and understanding that as our issue. Remember, in direct action organizing, we are focused on winning real, immediate, concrete improvement in people's lives, giving people a sense of their own power, and altering the relations of power. That is what our issue campaigns are focused on. We want to win victory on a particular issue through a series of steps and stages that is going to win real, immediate, concrete improvement in people's lives, give people a sense of their own power, and alter the relations of power. So how do we actually do that? First, we choose our issue and develop the strategy. That's where we're at right now in this course. This is the stage where we determine our target, figure out whether we want A issue or B issue, work on coalitions, begin outreach, do education, and really figure out what is the essence of our campaign. Following this, we will stage direct encounters with our main and secondary targets using tactics. This is where tactics come in. Tactics do not come in in this initial phase of discussion of the issue. And then finally, at the end, we have negotiation and implementation. So we try to achieve a win and we implement that win. Remember, your target is always going to be specific to your issue. For example, with our problem of the private border wall, let's say that we choose our issue to be forcing the owner of the property to remove the wall. In that case, I need to figure out who actually owns American Eagle Brick Company, the company that owns the land, and that person will be my target. That's where all this research we've been talking about comes in. I have to figure out how I can manipulate that person, motivate that person, convince that person using our power as a community group to take down that wall. But let's say we choose a different issue. Let's say that our issue is that we want the city council to pass zoning restrictions that prevent the building of future similar walls. In that case, our target is going to be someone totally different. Our target is going to be whoever on the zoning commission has the power to make this happen. And that's when I will have to research their name and title and come up with a strategy plan that's going to convince them that they should pass a regulation like this. In those cases, there are going to be two entirely different campaigns. You can't substitute one campaign in for each goal. You have to figure out your issue 
figure out your goals, figure out your target, and then develop the campaign downward from that. Because otherwise, you are not targeting your tactics and your strategy closely enough to who your target is. Let's go back to our other example of bicycle fatalities in Tucson. For example, let's say that we narrow in on two potential issues that we want to focus on. Either passing a law making bicycle helmets mandatory for all people by the end of 2022, or making the city add five miles of new protected bike lanes by the end of 2022. Both of those potential issues, which again are the full or partial solutions to the problem of bicycle fatalities, will have different strategies and targets. For example, in issue one, the bike helmet law, the target will be a particular member of the legislature who can propose such a bill. And in example two, our target would likely be a member of whatever committee within Tucson deals with infrastructure. And again, this is where why our research is so important. So only then, once we've narrowed in on our final issue and our name target, do we begin to develop our tactics. Reverse, think back to our very first assignment about developing an issue and the feedback you got on that. The vast, vast majority of you, as it is every single term, receive feedback that your ideas look much more like tactics than they did issues. So let's break down the difference between two. First, remember, remember, remember always that your issue is the full or partial solution to your problem. Your issue campaign is the plan that you develop to win that issue by focusing on a particular named target. Your tactics only come into play once you've already developed your issue in that target. Because you can only possibly know what a good tactic will be once you know what you want and who you're focused on. Tactics are in the middle of your campaign, and even though they're often some of the flashiest parts, they're really, in reality, a very small aspect of the overall campaign. And this is something that we see again and again in organizing. We see the protests, we see the demands, we see the die-ins, we see the letter writing, we see the petitions, but we don't see how those play into the larger plan, which makes us all think, that those are the plan, but that is not true. Your tactics, your big actions, all of those things, all of those are actually only a small part of what makes up a direct organizing issue campaign. And I know they are the sexiest part. They're what you want to jump into. They're what you want to think about. But let me ask you, if I show up with 30 of my friends to the Phoenix State Capitol and stage a die-in that says people die from bicycle traffic, is that going to get me what I want? Probably not, because I don't even know what my issue is. Unless I've decided on my issue and unless I know that my target is in that building and have specifically targeted this tactic to influence my target, then it's just going to be a big spectacle. And spectacle can be really, really useful in the world of organizing, but it is not the end-all be-all. We do not organize to create a spectacle. We create spectacles in order to get what we want. Would you rather have a big protest and have that be what your community organizing is remembered for? Or would you rather achieve the five new miles of bicycle lanes in Tucson and have that be what your, your organization is remembered for? So let's look at our bike example again. Let's say we want to build five miles of protected bike lanes by 2022, and our target is Maggie Weymouth of the Infrastructure Committee. Now, let's say that we know through our research that Maggie Weymouth is very conflict averse. She doesn't like being in the public eye, she rarely gives press statements, and she doesn't often meet with constituents. 
Luckily, through our organizing, we were able to get a meeting with her. But in that meeting, when we proposed the five miles of new protected bike lanes and explained them to her, she denied our request and and said that they didn't really have the capacity to do it. Plus, her office then issued a press release stating that the cost of building the proposed new bike lane wouldn't have a good return and would be fiscally irresponsible. In this situation, which tactic would work better to get Maggie to give us our five new miles of protected bike lanes? Would it be a sign-on letter from constituents about the importance of a bike lane that we mail to her office since we can't get another meeting? Or would it be a die-in in front of her office time to when she normally gets to work, where dozens of bikers pretend to be dead with invited media and we share a message asking Maggie if the human toll of the lack of bike outweighs the economic cost of construction? I would choose the die-in. Because based on everything we know about the target, Maggie Weymouth, that's going to be what makes her most uncomfortable. And that has the higher chance to put us in a position where it's harder for her to say no to us. Whereas with a petition that we mail in, she can throw that right in the trash can in private and say, hey, I looked at it and it still doesn't outweigh the concerns. That's not going to make her a conflict-averse person as uncomfortable as a stage to die in. So what makes a good tactic? Remember, we do not choose a tactic just because it's showy or fun. First, your tactic has to be focused on the target or secondary target. Second, it has to put power behind a specific demand. Third, it must meet our organizational and issue goals. Fourth, it needs to be outside the experience of the target. And fifth, it has to be inside within the experience of the organization members. So let's look a little closer at each of these tactical considerations. First, your tactic has to be focused on the target or secondary target. This means that your tactic has to put pressure on your target decision maker or someone who can influence your target or decision maker. That means that for our Tucson bicycle example, we're not going to have a tactic that is a mass bike ride through downtown that is not targeted at anyone and has no message. That might be good community building, that might be a way to spread education about the importance of bike lanes, it might be something you do to gain more members, but it's not a tactic in our organizing campaign because it doesn't put any pressure on our target or decision maker. Remember, in the sample example, our target is Maggie Weymouth, the head of the infrastructure committee. And so a, a mass bike ride downtown in Tucson bringing awareness to the, the number of bicycle fatalities doesn't put any pressure on Maggie Weymouth. And although it might be a lot of fun, it might build education, it might bring people in, that's not something that's a tactic because it doesn't put pressure on our target. Next, it has to put power behind a specific demand. Your tactic must call on someone to do something in particular. For example, A letter writing campaign to demand a legislator passes a gun control bill has a specific demand within it. The weakest demands have no ask. For example, let's say in our bicycle example that we decide to hold a candlelight vigil in honor of all of the people who have been killed in bicycle fatalities. That sounds like a really beautiful, meaningful, powerful event. But the reality is... It's an incredibly weak tactic because we are not asking for something. If we are going to put all the work in to develop a tactic, we at least have to ask for something, right? 
the difference between having a tactic where we show up and stage a die-in out front of out in front of Maggie Weymouth's office and say, Maggie Weymouth, build us five new miles of bike lanes so people stop dying, and having a candlelight vigil that says, hey, it's really bad that people keep dying in bicycle accidents are two totally different things. And while we often want to jump to the biggest, the most um, visually spectacular tactics, the reality is that oftentimes, unless we have a specific demand behind them, they are actually weakening our campaign because they are allowing for our energy to be dispersed without being focused on making a particular target give us what we want. So number three, your your tactic has to meet your organizational goals and issue goals. This means that your tactic has to build the organization as well as help to win the issue. So let's say, let's look at a letter writing campaign. With a letter writing campaign, you might have your constituents write letters to Maggie Weymouth saying, hey, Maggie, my aunt died in a bicycle accident, and I think it would be really great if there were five new miles of bike lane. But in addition to putting pressure theoretically on Maggie Weymouth, that type of campaign is also going to help you grow your base, right? So you're going to bring people into your organization, grow your organization at the same time that you're working on your issue. Number four, it has to be outside the experience of the target. This is a rough one for people. So here's the main question to ask yourself when considering if something is outside the experience of your target. Is this going to make my target uncomfortable? For example, let's say that a politician, you know, is very used to receiving complaints and letters in the mail and emails and all of this, but you decide that you want to um, have a campaign focused on gun violence and you're debating between a letter writing campaign and a mass protest in the lobby of their building as your tactics. And then you realize, oh my God, I could hold a prayer rally in their lobby for the lives of all the people who have been lost to gun violence and make this person really uncomfortable because they're not used to having to interact with their constituents. We're going to go into, you know, Senator X's office, hold a hold a prayer vigil and pray in public at a loud volume that Senator X passes gun reform. And we know that this will be effective because Senator X is very devout in their religion and we know that they hate a public spectacle. It's going to make them very, very uncomfortable. So one example I like to use in this is looking at, um, some of you may remember after the 2016 election, there was kind of a spontaneous gay dance party outside of Mike Pence's house. Now, Had this been connected to a larger campaign, it would have been an excellent tactic, but let's look at it. So essentially, spontaneously, after this election, a bunch of queer organizers and queer community had a huge loud dance party, very gay, very flamboyant, outside of Mike Pence's house. That's an amazing tactic. You're making the person super uncomfortable. I guarantee Mike Pence is is not comfortable with gay dance parties. It's within the experience of your or your constituents. The queer community is very familiar with these type of events. And you're making Mike Pence uncomfortable. But you don't have an ask. You're not saying, Mike Pence, don't be president or we're going to have gay dance parties outside your house every day. You're not working towards a larger issue. In fact, there was no issue. It was just a spontaneous protest. But that's what we see, right? That is not organizing. That is not a tactic. That is just an event. But 
it is outside the experience of Mike Pence. And that's what we want to be looking at when we are developing these, these tactics. So in the same way that something needs to be outside the experience of the person that you are targeting, it needs to be within the experience of your members. So let's say that you're organizing a group of senior citizens to support your um, bike lane initiative. And they'd really like a bike lane because there's no safe place where seniors can ride their bike more slowly um, without feeling at risk of being hit by cars. But the senior citizens you have involved in your campaign are probably not going to be comfortable staging a die-in in front of Maggie Weymouth's office, right? Maybe they are more comfortable with a letter-writing campaign. And so even though it might not be the most effective part of your campaign, it's still really, really important that whatever you choose to do, your members are comfortable with it. Because if your members are not comfortable with it, then they're not going to do it and it's not going to have the power that it could have. So if you have a bunch of senior citizens who want the bike lane, but they don't want to confront Maggie Weymouth in a huge outlandish way, then your tactics are going to be narrowly considered to figure out what's going to give your members the most power. Now, I know this can be a little bit chaotic, but the most important things to remember is that a tactic is not an issue. Tactics never come before issues. Before we can ever look at tactics, we have to know what our issue is and we have to know who our targets are. Tactics do not exist out in space. They don't exist independently of a campaign. We can't say, you know what, I really want to have a protest. Why don't we have a protest? And I'll also ask the governor to pass a fair wage law. That is not how it works. If you want to pass a fair wage law, you need to develop a campaign around that. So as you're going through the readings this week, you're going to experience several different strategies. And I would like you to take note as you are reading them of what you think might work in a situation like our sample issue sample issue of the border wall. So you're going to read the Ruckus Strategy Action Guide, which will give you an overview of many different types of tactics, but you're also going to read the excerpt from Organizing for Social Chains that talks about some of the issues we've gone over today and how narrowly defined tactics truly need to be in order to be effective. And then you're going to look at a couple samples of organizing campaigns and how they've really creatively and strongly used tactics. You have a reading from Mother's Rock about using court observation as a tactic. And then you also have several examples around the ADA and issues, uh, problems like the, the Delano grape strike to see how other major organizing campaigns have implemented tactics into their overall campaign to win their issue. I look forward to seeing you all on Thursday so we can continue to hash out some of the tactics that we're looking at in this campaign.